And now we are going to continue our study on Acts. And here is our special guest, Michael Hansen. Yes. Hey, well, good morning, everyone. It's good to see actually a lot of new faces today. We normally have the, the visitors come on up on the stage and join me during the sermon. We're just really sensitive that way. No, we're glad you're here, though. Uh, as JT was saying, we've been in a series on uh, the book of Acts, and uh, this morning I'm going to be looking at Acts 16. And, and because I see a lot of new faces, let me just give you a, a sort of a Coles Notes snapshot of what this series is all about. It's called The Church in Motion. And uh, uh, what we see in the Bible is when, when Jesus comes to earth, he comes announcing the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is here. The rule and reign of God is here. And there's this, uh, there's this kingdom battle going on in planet earth where you've got the kingdom of God breaking in on the kingdom of the devil and, and where God is here, he's, and he sent his son to rescue people out of the, you know, the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. And so Jesus began something, what we see in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and the book of Acts is, and so here's what it looks like now as God's people continue what Jesus began. So as we look in Acts 16, uh, we're going to, uh, again, just see uh, the Apostle Paul. Uh, he's, this is the start of his second missionary uh, journey. And if you were here last week and you know JT talked about how Paul and Barnabas, the missionary bros, uh, had a falling out, and now uh, Paul's going off on his own with some uh, Silas, a young disciple named Timothy, etc. But, but what I want to look at uh, this morning in Acts 16, as Paul goes out on this, uh, this missionary journey, is how in this whole, this global work that God is doing on planet, planet Earth, this rescuing work that he's doing, and that he's doing through us. If you're a follower of Jesus, if you call yourself a Christian, God's plan is to do this work through you. And what I want to uh, look at in Acts 16 is just how God, uh, in this work he's doing, has a very strategic plan about how he wants to accomplish it. Listen to this from Acts 16. It says, Paul and his companions traveled throughout the region of Phrygia and Galatia, having been kept by the Holy Spirit from preaching the word in the province of Asia. When they came to the border of Mysia, they, they tried to enter Bithynia, but the Spirit of Jesus would not allow them to. So they passed by Messiah and went down to Troas. During the night, Paul had a vision of a man of Macedonia standing and begging him, come over to Macedonia and help us. After Paul had seen the vision, we got ready at once to leave for Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. Now, when I talk about a plan, it's interesting to me when we look at what I just read, I was going to put a map up, but every map just looks so small. It would be like, it'd be like you see those dots? It would, it would have been a waste of time. So let me just tell it. Maybe you have it in the back of your Bible, Paul's Missionary Journeys. But what's interesting about what I just read is that Paul and his little crew, they leave the city of Antioch, and they start moving out you know, on this journey. And on his first missionary journey, Paul went from town to town, basically. You know, he'd move, you know, he'd get run out of this town, he'd go on to the next one. He'd get stoned in this, uh, pelted with rocks in this town, and he'd move on to the next one. You've got to be careful. Well, don't, don't. That's, there's a nice sound bite. But, uh, but what's unique about what we're going to see in Acts 16 is Paul heads off, and he wants to go here, and God goes, no, don't go there. Well, what about here? No. The Holy Spirit says, no, don't go there. And then the whole, you know, the, then he has a dream, and I know it's the Holy Spirit directing, letting Paul know, here's the plan I have for you. I actually want you to go all the way up here to Macedonia. They literally go like 300 miles plus uh, past all these people, 
All these people who needed Jesus because God had a plan. He had some appointments lined up for this, this crew of missionaries in this city of Philippi. And so here's what I want to do today. My message is based on like an analogy. So if you don't get this, it's going to be a long morning. But it's like a word picture. And here's what I mean is that, you know, this, the plan of God, I want to talk about it like a business plan. Okay? Now some of you, I may have lost some and maybe I got some. But here's what I mean. Look in your notes uh, in the introduction there. In this whole work that God has given us, Jesus is the product. Whoop. Jesus is the distributor. And we are the salespeople. And what I mean by that is, is that what we've been given, what we've received is Jesus. Jesus is what, you know, in this, in this mission to go to the world, Jesus is the antidote for the sickness of the world. That's what people need. They need to know the story of Jesus. They need to hear about Jesus. So he's the, the product in this business, right? You tracking with me? Okay, three of you, that's good. That's encouraging. Last night there was only one. Jesus, but he's also the distributor. He doesn't just sort of, you know, you say yes to Jesus. It's not like a big semi pulls up to your house with all these boxes that say Jesus on it and it just says, now get out there and be productive. He's got a plan, right? He's got, he's got appointments set up for you and I already that we don't even know about, right? So he's the product, he's the distributor, and then here's our part. We're the salespeople. And I know maybe in this day and age that might sort of conjure up a negative to say you're a salesperson, but what I mean is, and when I talk about sales, I mean, we're the people, we're the feet on the ground. We're the people that are, are being sent out, and we're the, we're the ones that come face to face with other human beings. And, and making a sale, what I mean by that is we're just sharing Jesus. We're just pointing someone to Jesus. So does that make sense? All right. Okay, so this morning is going to be more practical. It's going to be more of a, uh, an equipping talk, because what I want to look at from Acts 16, I want to look at uh, three sales techniques that we see in this chapter okay very intriguing now we'll pray and then we'll get to it let's pray so lord i thank you for uh i thank you for your presence lord i just never get tired of thanking you for that i just don't take for granted that you're here with us that we haven't gathered together to sort of remember some, some event that happened, uh, you know, some great person that lived thousands of years ago, but we've, we've gathered together to come and be with you, that you're alive and you're with us. And I pray for everyone, Lord. I pray especially, you know, for visitors today, just, uh, you know, taking in all that's going on. I pray that you would surprise all of us with how close you really are, that you would, uh, you would surprise us with how much how intimately you know us that you know what we need today and lord you know what i'm going to say but i pray that uh you would uh, uh you would take something that i say and just and, and just drop it into people's hearts today or that our lives would be changed because of what you do today so we welcome you here in jesus name amen all right if you've got a bible or your phone uh turn to acts chapter 16 and we're going to be starting in verse 11. And if you don't have a Bible, we have Bibles at the front. And also at the back, you can feel free to grab one. If you really don't have one, please take one home with you. Uh, but Acts chapter 16, uh, page 1106, if that helps. Uh, verse 11, <laughs> verse 11 says this. <clears throat> from, Tro from Troas, we put out to sea and sailed straight for Samothrace, and the next day we went on to Neapolis. From there we traveled to Philippi, 
a Roman colony and the leading city of the district of Macedonia. And we stayed there several days. On the Sabbath, we went outside uh, the city gate to the river where we expected to find a place of prayer. We sat down and began to speak to the women who had gathered there. One of those listening was a woman from the city of Thyatira named Lydia, a dealer in purple cloth. She was a worshiper of God. The Lord opened her heart to respond to Paul's message. When she and the members of her household were baptized, she invited us to her home. If you consider me a believer in the Lord, she said, come and stay at my house, and she persuaded us. So let's stop there. All right, so... I think it's really interesting as we look at this. Remember, they were down in Antioch, and then uh, in this dream, the Holy Spirit led them. No, I want you to go up here, like 300 miles plus uh, journey up to Macedonia. And Macedonia is modern-day Greece. And what jumps out to me, because this totally impacts my ancestors and many of yours, is that this is the first time that we know of that the gospel, the story of Jesus, went into the continent of Europe was on, on this trip. And uh, if you're familiar with Paul and, and, and earlier on in Acts, typically when Paul would roll into a community, he would go to the synagogue, to the place where the, the Jews would gather to practice their faith. Well, it says something about the city of Philippi that there was no synagogue. I found this interesting. In order to have a synagogue in a community, you have to have at least 10 uh, Jewish males or heads of households that they could form a synagogue. Well, they didn't have that. In fact, when we look at this story, when Paul goes to this place of prayer down by the river uh, in a van, they drove in a van by the river, but uh, it's all women. We don't hear anything about men. So they go down to the river, and, and they meet this woman named Lydia. And uh, she's a Gentile woman born in, in Thyatira. She's, we're pretty sure that she's, uh, she's single. We don't hear anything about a husband. But she's a unique woman in that she, well, Okay, she's a unique woman in her day, because I, I knew this was, I was getting in trouble, because she's successful. <laughs> if I'd said that, it would have been really cold in here fast. She was a very successful businesswoman. And that wouldn't have been normal in that day for a woman, a single woman, to, have, you know, to succeed. And she, it says that she dealt in purple cloth, and, and, and that's purple cloth, the, the dye, this indigo dye that they would have to harvest. It was a very expensive and long process. And, um, and so she, it, it's like saying that the, the fashion, the cloth that, that this woman made was like, we're talking high end. I mean, you wouldn't find the Lydia line in Target, right? I mean, you're going to be going to the outlet mall and paying top dollar for it. Uh, but Lydia is also a seeker. And it's interesting to me, she would have been born in, in, a, in, a, in a Greek, highly Greek-influenced community where there, it would have been a polytheistic, meaning there would have been lots of gods. Right? You would have gods for all kinds of different things. And it's interesting to me that she's raised in that culture, but something went on in her life. There was a hunger in her life. There was something in her life that brought her to a place of literally turning away from all the gods she would have been raised with to embrace the one God, the God of the Jews. And I think that says a lot about this woman and this, this, this seeking heart that she has. So here comes Paul. And again, the whole business analogy. Here's, here's the first appointment that God has set up for Paul and his crew. So how did Paul make the sale? Technique number one, all right? This is in your notes. Technique number one, straightforward, but it's merely by talking about the product. Sales technique number one is just talking about Jesus. See, we don't know what Paul said, but Paul, uh, 
Paul's a master communicator, and, he's, and, he's, and when you look at the different stories of, of Paul, he, he was brilliant at reading his audience. So he would have known, gathering with these women, they're, you know, they're, they're, they've embraced the Jewish faith, he would have talked about the Messiah. He would have said, you know, that longing, that, that all those prophecies and that promise, that longing that we have for this deliverer to set us free, well, he's here. And his name is Jesus. And I would bet the farm that Paul would have shared his story. Right? If you're familiar, Acts 9, I mean, he would have said, let me tell you what happened to me. Let me tell you how I came face to face with the Messiah, with Jesus. I'm riding on my horse, right, on the way to Damascus. And, you know, if you know the story, you can read it later. If you don't, Acts chapter 9. But I guarantee he would have shared his story. And, and, this whole, and, and for us as salespeople, one of the ways that we've been equipped to do sales uh, is that we all have a story, right? It's not just people who are gifted in evangelism. It's not just people who, you know, really know their Bibles or it's not just pastors that are, you know, that really know how to talk. Uh, we all have a story. In fact, if you said, if you say yes to Jesus this morning, well, no, let's just say you said yes to Jesus a week ago or a month ago, you have a story. You're equipped to make sales. And here's what I mean. Because really, what is our story? Our story is, let me tell you about my life before I met Jesus. Let me tell you about all the different things I was running after, trying to satisfy this longing inside of me. Right? Let me tell you about the, I mean, you fill in the blanks, but let me tell you about the struggle and the, and the loneliness and whatever your, you know, your story is. But let me also tell you, about the, the time when I met Jesus, the day when I met Jesus, or the, the season of my life where I met Jesus, and this person talked to me, and they shared Jesus, and I embraced Jesus, and now let me tell you uh, before how I met him, and now let me tell you the difference that it's made in my life. Let me tell you the impact it's had in my life to, to come into a relationship with Jesus. And you may be sitting there thinking, yeah, but I just couldn't do that because it's this whole, you know, your testimony, sharing, you know, your, your faith, etc. But, but here's the thing. What I'm talking about, this whole thing of, you know, uh, talking about the product, talking about Jesus, sharing your story, the truth is, I would say most of us do this already. And what I mean is this. If, if, uh, as human beings, we've been wired. There's something, there's a natural thing in us as, as humans that if something, if you're excited about something, you're going to talk about it, right? And, here, and here's, here's some of the best evangelists I can think of right now. Think of how some people talk about essential oils. See, I always get a response, right? little dab of, I don't know. But, so I'm not knocking essential oils, okay? In fact, I'll have a table set up in the lobby afterwards. How do I stay so fresh? No, but it, but... But just think about it, because I don't sell essential oils, but I know people that do, and it's like they naturally would say, let me tell you what my life was like before I started using essential oils. Like, isn't it true? You know, and, and again, I, my understanding is limited. Um, the only essential oil I use is the high mileage essential oil in my Corolla, and it's uh, like 14 bucks <laughs> a gallon. But, uh, but let me tell you what, you know, I had headaches, I couldn't sleep, you know, Right? But let me tell you what happened when I met essential oils. Let me tell you. Let me tell you the impact that essential oils had on my life. Right? Isn't it true? Wow. You know, I sleep better and I'm smarter and, you know, all the claims. <laughs> right? 
but, and here's the kicker, and here's where it just amazed me. And let me tell you what they can do for you. Right? There's, that's, I mean, so we do that all the time. I mean, I mean even something as simple as, as simple as, let me tell you about my life before I went to this restaurant. Do you know what I mean? Like, we get excited about all kinds of things. And I, and I think so much of it is learning how to think about Jesus that way. To really think about him, not as this, I mean, the phrase I had is to take him off the mantle and get him into your life and into your heart. Because he's more real than what we see here. Right? He's, and I think about this, he's, uh, he wants to be our best friend. Right? It says in the Bible that we're co-heirs with Jesus, that Jesus is your brother. And, and I mean, we, we had to learn to think about Jesus in the same way. Does that make sense? To, to personalize him. He's not just this God a million miles away, or, but he's, he's always with you. And he loves you, and he's your friend, and he wants to spend each day with you. So, uh, uh, whatever your story is, I promise you, as God sets up appointments, uh, that if you start to share it, let me tell you about before, let me tell you how I met him, let me tell you how it's impacted my life, I promise you it will be effective. Because it's the story of how you came to know Jesus. And I would even encourage you, because I know there are some people here that you're, uh, I think you're really gifted in this area and that you are really evangelists, that you just, you're always talking to people about Jesus. I would encourage you to work on your story. And, and I, I mean, don't make, make it up, but I mean, make it more exciting. No, what I mean is to get your story down to a few minutes that you can share. Again, this is practical. That you can, you know, a waiter or a waitress, or we're all in a hurry, that someone you're talking to, that you can literally share your story in, in, in a matter of minutes. And here's the thing. I guarantee our distributor, like in the story, he sets this up. Here's Lydia. He gets Paul there, you know, this first appointment. I guarantee that he, uh, he knows what people need, and he's going to bring people, he's going to bring you to people who need to hear your story. There are people that are, we're, you know, just look at our world. We're we're looking for relief. We're looking for something that actually changes or, or makes a difference in our lives. And, and God will bring pe- you, people to you that your story is going to be the very thing they need. Because think about, think about this. I mean, didn't he bring people into your life at some point? Didn't he bring people into your life to, to point you to Jesus? I can think of so many times where I heard someone just share their story and <gasps> it stirred something in me. It stirred me towards Jesus. And don't forget, in this whole thing of talking about the product, talking about Jesus, sharing your story, that the results, your job is to share. Remember from two weeks ago, the results, that's in God's, uh, that's God's job, what happens with, with what you've said to that person. So uh, let's move on to Acts 16. Let's look at verse 16. Uh, here we go. <clears throat> Wait, yeah, Acts 16, I'm sorry. Seemed, it didn't seem right. Once when we were going to the place of prayer, we were met by a female slave who had a spirit by which she predicted the future. She earned a great deal of money for her owners by fortune-telling. She followed Paul and the rest of us, shouting, These men are, are servants of the Most High God who are telling you the way to be saved. She kept this up for many days. Finally, Paul became so annoyed that he turned around and said to the spirit, in the name of Jesus Christ, I command you to come out of her. At that moment, the spirit left her. So we'll stop there. Okay, number two. Oh, actually, we won't go to number two yet. Let me just talk a little about this. Okay, here's this slave girl. 
Uh, and she's not only enslaved in a physical sense that she has owners, uh, but she's, a, she's uh, enslaved in a spiritual sense. There's a demon, literally, she has a demonic presence in her that gives her the ability to tell people's fortunes. I mean, that's a bit of a worldview blower, right? But she has, the, has this ability, but it's a demonic ability. And here's the thing, even as I start talking now about, about demons, one of the things I'm really aware, and I think one of, the, one of the works of the enemy is he wants us as, as followers of Jesus to fall uh, in, into two camps. When, when we're talking about the demonic and demons, uh, he, wants, he, he wants us either to fall on one side where we just don't believe that the demonic even exists, right? And so if there's hard things, if there's, you know, struggles in your life that we would just say it's bad luck or maybe it was, you know, it, it's something in the genes or, right? We, we just don't, we don't even think that there could be a spiritual dynamic impacting a person's life, okay? Or he'd want us to so either nothing or everything. That there's some camps within the church that they, I mean, they're, uh, 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 Blaming demons for everything, every sickness, every struggle, every lost Buckeye game. I mean, everything is demonic. And here's the thing. The Bible teaches very clearly that there is a kingdom battle going on. It's the kingdom of God and the kingdom of Satan that there really is another team on the field. Uh, It talks in the Bible where, you know, the devil rebels against God. He was this mighty angel, the devil, but he was an angel, right? Way big, huge difference between him and God, and and he's he rebels against God, and he's cast out of heaven. And some and many believe that a third of the angels, whom were sent down to earth with the devil, and so basically demons are these uh, rebellious angels, and they're now serving the work of their leader, uh, uh, Satan. And so what we see in the life of Jesus is he didn't go looking for demons; he went looking for people. And as he did, as the, as the light of God would shine into a person's life, shine into the darkness, it, the demonic would, would, would scurry. The, the, you know, many times they would, they would manifest and they'd try to stop this person from hearing, from seeing, from receiving what Jesus was presenting, this, the, the freedom that Jesus was presenting. And so here's Paul, and he's coming now to his second appointment in the city of Philippi, which is with this Uh, This slave girl. And so how does Paul make the sale? Number two in your notes is this. He makes the sale by demonstrating the product. And what I mean by that is, is by demonstrating the power of Jesus. By demonstrating the authority of Jesus. We see Jesus all through his time on earth. He comes proclaiming the kingdom of God is here. The power of God. The reign of God. And then he would demonstrate Right? He would heal the sick and raise the dead and cast out demons. And he's called us into the same business. Where Paul, you know, he's with this girl and he turns and with the authority that God's given him, he looks right at that, he says to the spirit, <clears throat> you know, to come out. He takes authority over the spirit. But I love the, uh, how he prays because it's so important for us to see this as, as to by what authority did he do it? What does he say? In the name of Jesus Christ. In the power of Jesus Christ, in the authority of Jesus Christ, come out of that girl. And as followers of Jesus, we need to be reminded, again, this whole, uh, we need to be reminded that you and I have been equipped. We have been equipped for this, this uh, the, the business, this rescue mission that God has called us to and, and given us, that uh, we have been given authority 
to do what God's given us to do. We've been given authority over demonic powers and over sickness, etc. Listen to this from Luke 9, verse 1. <clears throat> it says, when Jesus had called the 12 together, he gave them power and authority to drive out all demons and to cure diseases. And he sent them out to proclaim the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. Now, if you're like me, sometimes when I, you know, when I read that, I thought, I wonder how many minds will go, yeah, but that was the 12. I mean, we're talking, this is the first string, right? These are the big kahunas, right? These are the disciples. Well, funny that you would ask or say that or think that. Further on in Luke, we meet this group called the 72. We don't even know their names. Listen to this. Uh, Luke 10, verse 17 says, The 72, this group of people, returned with joy and said, Lord, even the demons submit to us in your name. Right, here's this group of people. We don't know... <clears throat> I mean, they weren't the first string. They were like the, I don't know, what is that, fourth string or whatever. They're the 72 that they're like, we went out. We did what you said to do. We went out and, you know, <clears throat> under your authority and we spoke in your name. And they were just blown away that it worked. It actually worked. Like, and it worked. Like, it, the demons submitted to us as we went out under your name. And, and if you are a follower of Jesus, you need to know today that you are equipped for this, this mission that we're on. That you have been given authority. Right? And it's not like something, uh, you know, you say yes to Jesus and then you need to level up. Right? Well, maybe when my prayer life, maybe if I'm praying, you know, 10 minutes a day or an hour a day, you've leveled up. Level two. Right? And it's like, oh, double. It's like, it doesn't work that way. You say yes to Jesus. He fills you with his spirit. And you may or may not feel that. Feel that. Uh, you say yes to the mission. You just go, you know, I don't understand this. But I'm a, I, like, I want to follow you, Jesus. And I want to be your witness. I want you to use me. I want my life to count. I mean, you do. Uh, you have all the authority and power you need to now go out and do what God's called you to do. You don't need to level up. The only thing I think we need to do is grow in our understanding. I mean, read the Gospels. Read Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. Uh, uh, go to classes and hear, uh, you know, to learn about the demonic, to understand this battle that we're in. Let me just throw, uh, give a plug right now. October 28, 29. Uh, in October. <laughs> That's why I said October. 28, 29. Here at the church, we have a class called Dealing with the Demonic. Uh, Joe, uh, Patty's here today, but Joe and Patty Kowalczak, this is an excellent class. It's a two-day class where you're going to learn about the demonic. You're going to look at the Bible and see, well, how did Jesus deal with the demons, etc. But if, uh, I would highly recommend, if you're sitting there thinking this whole demon thing, I don't know, go to that class, and you, you, you're going to learn a lot. Because here's the thing. As salespeople in, this, in, the, in, the, in the business of God, we need to expect that as we go out to these appointments and as we share Jesus, we tell our story, we, we point people to Jesus, we shine the light, I guarantee that there's going to be pushback. There's going to be opposition. I remember, uh, this was back when I was still at Vineyard Columbus. A guy came to visit me. Uh, I knew him. I mean, I didn't know him really well, but I but I'd talked to him a few times. <clears throat> and he came to talk to me because he had this area in his life. It was, it was a... Uh, like a chronic area of sin in his life. And it was something that he just couldn't get victory over. And so we're talking and, uh, you know, just talking it through and I'm asking questions, etc. And 
<clears throat> and then I said, you know what? Why don't I just pray for you? And, you know, that's fine. And I reach over and I put my hand on his shoulder and I just started to pray when this guy just goes, and does a face plant right in my office and he starts to growl. And I'm like, <clears throat> and, and, you know, and my, my admin was right outside my office door and I'm thinking, my first thought was, I wonder what it sounds like outside. You know, it's like, yeah, I had a dog once too and he would, but <clears throat> trying to cover it up. But, you know, I remember looking at that because I don't have, you know, I'm a pastor, but I don't have a lot of experience with the demonic. I mean, I've had some times where there's been like a manifestation where like this, where, where, where you know, the demon comes to the surface because God's moving in. And, and he's coming to the surface. But I remember looking at it thinking, oh boy, here we go. I'm a pastor. I see the little diploma on the wall. I better. <clears throat> and so, uh, but you know, be, be encouraged by this. Because, I mean, we have the best boss in this, this work and this, uh, of, of the, you know, the, the, the business uh, of this rescue mission. I sat there, I looked at this guy, and instantly, it was like this arm went around my shoulder, and it's and it, it like the Holy Spirit just whispered in my ear, okay, I'm going to walk you through this. Okay? And I looked at this guy, I, I, I worshipped, I started to worship over him, and just, uh, just singing about Jesus, uh, uh, he, he needed to confess some sin. He needed to renounce some decisions, some things he'd done in his life. And then, literally, I felt like the Holy Spirit said, now. Now pray the prayer that we all want to pray. All right. You know, it's like, and I just said, in the name of Jesus, go. And, and it went. And I don't know, and it's, it's, a, it's a mystery to me, but we just knew it went, and he knew it went. And I talked to him months later, and he just said, man, there is a marked difference in my life. There's a freedom. I mean, he's not sinless, but there's a freedom. In an area that I was wrapped up and tied up, there is now a freedom. And here's the thing. There are people in your sphere, neighbors, people you work with uh, at school. Just think of the people that you know that the enemy has, is, 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 wrapped into their, is wrapped around them trying to stop them. Keep them in bondage. Keep them blinded to the truth of Jesus. Keep them deaf to the story of Jesus. Keep their hearts just hard and cold. And You know what I mean? There are people that God has brought into your life that he will lead you, just like I, in my story, he will lead you that you'll be able to lay a hand on them in the name of Jesus because God wants to break into their lives. And that's a technique that he's given us to demonstrate the product to demonstrate the power and the authority of Jesus. So let's, let's keep moving. We'll jump to uh, verse 22. So the girl is set free, but uh, it was good for her to, uh, now that she's free, but it was bad for Paul because the owners uh, turn on them. And so let's, in verse 22 it says this. The crowd joined in the attack against Paul and Silas, and the magistrates ordered them to be stripped and beaten with rods. After they'd been severely flogged, they were thrown into prison, and the jailer was commanded to guard them carefully. When he received these orders, he put them in the inner cell and fastened their feet in the stocks. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the other prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly there was such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken. At once, all the prison doors flew open, and everyone's chains came loose. The jailer woke up, and when he saw the prison doors open, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself because he thought the prisoners had escaped. 
But Paul shouted, don't harm yourself, we are all here. The jailer called for lights, rushed in and fell trembling before Paul and Silas. He then brought them out and asked, sirs, what must I do to be saved? They replied, believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved, you and your household. Then they spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all the others in his house. Let's stop there. Now, for the, uh, the final point, we'll get to it in a sec here. I mean, there's so many different directions we could go with this last part of, uh, of 16. But here's what I, what I want to touch on. Okay, this is, you know, in the story, the jailer says yes to Jesus. Uh, uh, this is the third appointment now, this jailer. And, and his family saved. And, and, but what I want to focus in on is uh, uh, the sales technique that Paul used. How did he make this final sale? Number three in your notes is this. Paul made the final sale by trusting in the product. Okay, by trusting, oh, trusting the product or trusting in the product. What I mean is this. With all that they went through, Paul and Silas, uh, uh, you know, they're beaten, they're falsely accused, they're thrown into jail, and now they're, you know, in this, in this cold, dark, I mean, who knows what, this j- prison, and they're in stocks, that with all that they'd gone through, all the, the, just the misery and the unfairness of what they've gone through, what do we see in the story is we see Paul and Silas in the midst of just a hard, hard place, trusting in the product. We see them trusting in Jesus in the midst of, of this hard place. And, you know, they were convinced. I think part of what drove them was they were convinced. Remember the dream uh, in verse 10, right? Paul has a dream, has a vision. Come to Macedonia. And, you know, we got ready at once to leave for Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. They knew that this was a business trip. They knew that, they, that God had people for them to preach to. And, uh, but what, what amazes me in it is just how they kept their eyes and their trust and their hold on Jesus in such a hard situation. Uh, Verse 25, it says, you know, at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. And I'm like, uh, uh, and and the prisoners were listening, and the Greek word that they use, it actually, uh, I can't pronounce it, it just has too many letters, but it means, it means to listen intently. It's midnight in jail. Right, and there's Paul and Silas, they're locked up, and you know, Father Abraham, they're, they're worshiping, and any sons, oh, right, they're singing away, so let's just praise the Lord, the right shoulder, you know, right, I mean, they didn't, okay, that was funny to me, if you ever went to Bible camp, but that was a, that was a hit, that was a hit, but they're worshiping, and what is amazing to me is these prisoners, hardened criminals, aren't just going, would you shut up, would you shut up already, we're all miserable, Right? We would, at least we can get some sleep. Would you just... But they weren't, were they? They were listening. And they weren't just listening. They were listening intently. They're sitting there, you know, listening to these guys, worshiping and praying. And, and you know, I know that it says that the jailer woke up, but... And I could be totally wrong, but it's, he's the jailer. This is his jail. People are making noise at midnight. I'm, I'm sure he's lying in bed going, what is that? What is going on? He's listening in too. And here's the thing is there... Uh, here are these guys worshiping God. You know, they're, they're, they're praying, etc. And, and these guys, as they're listening, I can just imagine them sitting in their jail or the jailer sitting up in his bed going, who are these guys? Like, <laughs> who are these guys? That they're, you know, they're, 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 they're sitting in this jail and they're, and they're, 
in like, I mean, who knows what's going to happen? I mean, they don't know. I mean, Paul and Silas aren't sitting there with the Bible going, hey, in a couple of minutes, there's going to be an earthquake. They didn't know that. Right? And, and I can imagine the, the jailer and the prisoners are also going, and who is this God that they trust in? I mean, they're in prison. They're locked up. I mean, who is this God that they, they just seem to love so much? And who is, who is this God that they would feel so safe and so unafraid in such a fearful, scary situation? And, and you know, and they're praying, and I'm, you know, I'm sure they're... Uh, I'm sure they're uh, praying for deliverance. I'm sure, you know, can, can they hear them saying, God, you know, set us free. God, you got to work this one out. You know, I'm soon going to say in Romans that you work all things for good. You know, it's like, uh, and, and were they praying for the, for the prisoners? Lord, just have mercy on them. Right, especially the big guy in 2A. Have mercy on them. But are they praying? And here's the thing. In this whole thing of us being salespeople, us being witnesses, us being in this family business we sell more by the way we live than by the way we talk the third sales technique is it's the way we trust the product in hard times it's the way we trust Jesus when it's just unfair and, and it doesn't make sense with, whether it's you or your family or your business or on and on, when you're just in that place of, oh man, I didn't see this coming. Right? In those hard places as we trust God. Because here's, here's the thing. I guarantee at work, at school, in your neighborhood, at the, whatever you know, clubs you go to or appropriate clubs that you belong to, when people find out that you're a Christian, I guarantee that they're watching you. Right? But they're watching you, I think, because they're looking going, now, let's see if this makes a difference. Like, does it make a difference? Does it make a difference that you believe in Jesus? Does it make a difference that you're part of a church community? I think, I, think, I, I, I know they're watching us. And, and here's the thing. As we go through life and, and challenges come our way and, you know, just the, those things that come out of left field that we don't see coming that just freak us out and just, you know, squeeze us and scare us, it, you wouldn't be human if you didn't react. Ah! Or fruja, 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 right? Fill in the blankets. You can fill it in. You wouldn't be human if you didn't react. But here's the thing. After the emotions have, blow, have you've burned them off, uh, who do you trust? Where's your trust? Right? Do you still go, oh, this doesn't make sense. I don't know what to do. But I'm standing with you, Jesus. Right? I'm worshiping in jail, tied up with chains. Worshiping God, singing the wonders and the faithfulness and the love of God. And here's the thing. I look at Paul and I go, or I look at my own life and I go, hi yi I think I've got a big old F in this area. And I look at Paul and I go, how does he do it? I mean, is he made of something different? I mean, maybe he was using essential oils. <laughs> Woo! Another plug. Write it down. Another plug. <laughs> or maybe it was Burt's Bees. <laughs> I will plug that. Was Paul made of something tougher? 
Was he just more gifted? No, Paul was just a man. He was just a man. Here's his secret, Philippians 4, verse 12. Paul, these are Paul's words. I know what it is to be in need. (laughs) And I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. Here's the secret. I can do all this through him who gives me strength. You know, and here's the thing. In this whole thing of trusting the product, uh, we need to remember that it's something we learn. Paul had to learn this. Paul didn't just didn't wake up like, I am super Christian. He had to learn it. And how did he learn it? He went through one after the other of unfair, hard, getting pelted with rocks, being called every name in the book, you know, I, I mean, thrown in jail. I mean, just think of Paul's life. How did he learn it? He learned it by in the midst of those hard things and those, those scary situations when, when it's like, you know, don't you find it's like you've got a choice in those hard times? It's, and Okay, this is a spontaneous picture, so let's see, let's see if this works. It's like... Challenges coming, and, and the picture I have, of we, we've got like a plug, and we can plug into something in those times. And we've got this wall of, of outlets. You can plug into money. You can plug into Oprah. You can plug into essential oils. You can plug into all these different things, or you can plug into Jesus. Does that make sense? Like, what are you going to put your trust in? And the way we learn is by that, that step of faith. Like, boy, some of these look way better, but I'm going to plug into you. And I know that there are people here today that you, you are in situations that just have got you cornered and you don't know what to do. And we want to encourage you today. I want to challenge you to take that step of faith like Paul to, to, to trust in the product. Because you know, this whole thing of being a salespeople, the more we get to know Jesus, the more we, we, we get to know how much he loves us, it will have direct impact on our sales. Right? It will have direct impact on the way we talk about him. It'll have direct impact on our confidence to step out like, yeah, oh yeah, watch this. In the name of Jesus, that, that we know he's strongest. We know that he has full authority. It'll, it'll give us way more confidence in those hard times to go, oi, 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 but we're trusting you, Jesus. So why don't we stand up? <clears throat> Here's how we're going to end off. Uh, we always give an opportunity for, to pray for people and to really to bless. As I've been talking and through worship, all that's been going on this morning, we believe that God's here. We believe that God is coming close to people and he's whispering in your ear and he's touching your heart and saying, you, that's you. That's, I'm doing that work in you. And, and so we end off our service by just calling people forward just to respond to God as he's been, you know, working during the, during the service. And, and there's just a few spe- specific things that I, I want to invite people forward for prayer this morning. And one of them is what I ended with. You're in a place where you're like, I don't know what to do. And I'm scared. And I'm in a corner. And we want to pray for you to, uh, to encourage you and, and, and to really to pray uh, that God's love 
would come close to you, that he would wrap you up this morning and remind you that you are safe with him. Uh, another group would be, uh, when I talked about the demonic, if you were sitting there going, no way, no way, I don't want to have any part of that, that's the enemy. He wants to keep you on the bench. He doesn't want you to step into what you've really been made for. Oh, hey, that's cool. Or really been made for, he doesn't want you to get in the game. And so if you're sitting there, there's a battle going on over that, we want to pray for you. We want to deputize you that you have the authority and the power from God to do that. Um, third would be, um, if there's anyone here today that you have chronic struggles in your life, and, and, and these were some specific ones. If you have nightmares, uh, if you have phobias that paralyze you, that just, just paralyze you. Uh, if you have, or anxiety, like just intense anxiety that shuts you down, we want to pray for you because God wants to minister to you and just love on you. And then again, every weekend, we love to pray for the sick. If you're here today and you're sick, you have pain in your body, we want to pray for you because we believe God heals the sick. And so uh, Pam's going to lead us in a song. And as she does, just come on forward. As people come forward, let's make sure uh, that guys praying for guys, gals for gals, and then I'll come back in a few minutes and, and end off the service. But just come forward for any of those and then uh, we'll end off the service.
we, we thank you for all the ways you're coming close right now. And uh, we do thank you for the, the power that is in your name, in the name of Jesus. And we do, in Jesus' name, we pray against uh, just any sickness. We take authority over sickness. We take authority over any, any uh, demonic uh, attack on people's lives, whether it's nightmares or fears, just uh, phobias, Lord, anxiety. We just take authority in Jesus' name, and we just tell it to go in Jesus' name. And we, Lord, we, we put ourselves in your hands again this morning. We, we take our lives, we take our families, we take our, just all the stuff of our lives, we put them in your hands, and we put our trust in you. Lord, I pray this week as we get back and just into the routine that you would give us, uh, you'd make us sensitive to the appointments that you have for us, to the people that we're going to bump into next week, uh, that we get to uh, share our story with, we get to pray for, we get to uh, just call on your name, Lord, in their lives for their sake, for their freedom. Again, I do pray this week, you know what's coming. I just pray that you keep us plugged into you. Keep us close to you. Keep us trusting in you. Just thank you for each one that's here. I pray a blessing over each family. And uh, just keep us walking close with you this week. Again, thank you for your presence. In Jesus' name, amen. If you get in prayer, feel free to continue for the rest of you, though time to leave no uh but have a wonderful afternoon the the uh picnic is just after one o'clock at the allen creek shelter just so uh we look forward to seeing you there. there's gonna be lots of good food but bless you have a wonderful afternoon we'll see you next week